even ready for what they're praying for a lot of people are hoping for this relationship and if it slapped you right in the face you wouldn't know what to do with it a lot of you if you met the person that you had an amazing connection with would run from that person because you are not emotionally ready to handle the level of vulnerability required to be in that relationship so it does us no good to wait if we're not preparing It didn't work out with Mr. Tall, Dark, and Handsome. The irony is, I was attracted to him because he was mysterious until his intentions were way too ambiguous. His vision for our future was blurry. Like the lines that defined our friendship, so it's no wonder he couldn't lead. Because he couldn't see. I stuck around for the ride, but the road to romance was foggy. I figured I could convince him that I was the rib he was missing. Strategically, I positioned myself in the driver's seat while he became a passenger with passive emotions. He got so comfortable chilling next to me. I'm talking feet up on the dashboard and seat leaned all the way back, but I wanted to be pursued. So naturally, I made the first move. I took the fruit from the tree handed it to him and told him to eat, to follow me. And my first mistake was taking lessons from Eve. You see, he had no intention of taking the wheel, but why? When I made it so easy for him to feel like he didn't have to lift a finger. Conversations about commitment lingered like the late night calls confusion. Every time I heard my ringer, it didn't feel like pursuit, but patience is a virtue, so I told myself to wait. That the time I invested wouldn't go to waste, but like unseasoned chicken, this relationship had no taste. And it wasn't even officially a relationship, more like a situationship. Like when he tells you he doesn't believe in labels. That y'all should be low-key, aka unstable, or when people would whisper. And he would assure them that we are just brother and sister in Christ. I mean, he was good at playing everything, including me. And I played myself. When I took the lead, asked him where he saw this friendship going, but the answer was in the question. His hidden intentions revealed hidden confessions. We were headed nowhere fast because I had to ask. Found that you can't force a boy to be a man and you can't make a man want to marry you and that's okay. I'm not against dating. I'm not against women showing interest in who they want. 
I'm against women desperately trying to convince men to choose them when God created men to make clear decisions. It was God who made Eve a woman and Adam who chose Eve as wife. But neither of these identities defined her because she was already defined by Christ. Eventually, this roller coaster came to an end. We went our separate ways and I closed the door to being friends. I now know when something is dead and when something needs to be resurrected in this, this was dead. I also realized that I'm a bit of a control freak. I found it easier to rest my family, friends, and finances at Jesus' feet, but not my future. Not a marriage I couldn't yet see, so I wanted to get a hold of it now, tangibly. I liked that God was the author of my faith, but I wanted to be the editor of my pace. Granted, I was able to avoid heartbreak, but still, I wanted to rush the weight. Thank God that there's grace, because I had to ask myself if I really trusted him the way I say I do, the way I pray I do. And the answers were exposed at the level at which I was almost willing to settle. I may or may not have met the man I'm meant to marry. But I do know that God's bulletproof plans are able to withstand the gunpowder of an unserious man who wants to shoot his shot. It's only when I remove that vest and expose my chest to the threat of loneliness that I create a mess of my emotions and confuse this single season as punishment rather than privilege and what a joy it is to know God for myself by myself. And in those moments, when I feel the urge to take matters into my own hands, I'm reminded that he who formed man is forming mine too. So that when the time comes, and the time will come, I will learn what it truly means to be pursued. Hi there, this is Reese, aka Bossy from Champagne Therapy, the podcast, and I hope you have your glass of champagne while enjoying Chronicles of Divine Destiny. Enjoy! Hey (laughs) y'all! What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Chronicles of Divine Destiny. How y'all doing out there? (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in this week. I'm so excited that you are here to listen to me. And yeah, (laughs) I, I, you know what? I'm just get to the, to the meat of it. I am so mad because I am recording this for the second time. (laughs) The first time I recorded, it went all the way to almost 30 minutes. And I mean, I was like going in pouring my heart out on this episode and got to editing and didn't record now <laughs> it recorded nothing so i'm doing this again <laughs> anywho hopefully i can remember i hate that because when i be going off the dome especially when i'm in my feelings and my in my moment it be tight you know what i'm saying but anyway I'm a freestyle on and low with this podcast thing. But anywho, I hope you guys enjoyed my happy birthday episode. <laughs> my birthday was definitely fun. I turned it up a notch. I dressed very cute, sexy, sassy with my big, beautiful self. Okay. <laughs> if you follow my social media, you saw some of my pictures. I did karaoke. And I had a birthday dinner where I dressed to the T, baby. Makeup beat to the gods, thanks to my sister-in-law. But anyway, um, I'm already beautiful. Just enhance what I already have. You feel me? 
Anywho, but you guys all know that it's hard for me to celebrate my birthday because, you know, October is a hard month for me. My birthday is something special to me. I always spent it with my grandmother and since her passing has definitely been a struggle. Um, last year was really the, the meat of the pandemic and I did not think of doing something until like very late and close to my birthday. Um, do some encouragement from my friends and family, just encouraging me um, to do something. So this year, I decided to turn it up a notch. I definitely did. Um, it was fun. I really enjoyed myself. My dad came into town, and um, that was great. We bonded, made some more memories. My brother also turned 40 this year. Woohoo! little big bro he is a 4t welcome to the photo club <laughs> yeah so it's, all, it's a blessing as a black man you know to be 40 so i'm grateful that he's here um yeah so my dad had an opportunity to spend time with my friends my friends had an opportunity to spend time with my dad um so yeah it's been great i can't be mad about this birthday your girl is 42 and flourishing and uh yeah <laughs> so I got an update. Um, I went to the doctor a day after my birthday and um still got the brain tumor. Um has not shrunk at all. My prolactin levels are still high. Um yeah, so I'm realizing when it comes to this brain tumor, not realizing because I've said before. I am in huge denial of it all. Not of it all. I just haven't been taking it seriously more seriously than I should be but I just haven't um I'm impatient <laughs> I really thought like okay I got this thing I'm gonna take this medicine for a couple of months this don't gonna be gone I'm good um no come to find out I'm gonna be on the medicine for some years <laughs> and um yeah I really just was not expecting that I is put in my mind because I told y'all like when I found out about the prolactin levels and I read into it I was like oh I don't have that so you know I just was like eh. and my doctor told me my first visit because she's probably experienced it before she said please have patience with me <laughs> and I'm like okay <laughs> but I definitely didn't pay her any attention in the stuff that she was saying I kind of like heard her but didn't hear her but I didn't dismiss when I went to see my allergy doctor um of course all my records is all together he saw hey so I see that you were diagnosed with a brain tumor he was like oh what is your doctor going to do to remove it and I was like oh well she doesn't recommend that I get it removed he was like well you know it's such a simple procedure you just go in and you go snip snip and it's like it's done so I'm like, well, shoot, if it's that simple, I don't want it anyway. I need to talk to her. So I go up there ready to have a conversation with my dad is with me because he have questions too. He wants to better understand everything that's going on. And I get it because he's my parent. And um, I told her, I was like, hey, I want it removed. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, I said my allergy doctor, he told me, hey, um, it's a simple procedure. Blah, 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 blah. So she was like, you know, she listened and she said, well, 
you giving me information from your allergy doctors like telling me your massage therapist said it's a simple procedure <laughs> he is not an endocrinologist she said it's not a simple procedure we're dealing with your brain and she was saying and the neurologist will basically not do <laughs> the cert procedure because you want them to it has to be the last results and that's when you see the brain doctor and right now you're not at your last result you're in the beginning stage we know what it is it's being diagnosed it's benign it's not cancerous so you have to go through a process she said i asked you know i told you when we first met that i need you to be patient it's a process it's a long process and it takes time and she said i mean we can go in and remove the tumor she said but you have to understand what we're dealing with. We're dealing with your brain. And one small, minor mess up, we can't fix that. And I'm looking like, oh, you're right. Okay, I'll take the medicine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll be taking it for three years or so. I'll take the medicine. I hear you, doctor. And, you know... And also, I found out that I was not taking that medicine right properly. I was taking it wrong. Um, so, I was kind of almost overdosing myself. If I'm saying that right. I wasn't overdosing myself, but because I'm alive. But I was not taking it right. So, I'm supposed to take a half a pill and I was taking like a whole. But I found out that my pharmacy actually minimized the dosage. So, I didn't have to take a half a pill. But anyway, so I need to hit her up. And um, get back to her and let her know what the pharmacy did. Because she told me it was impossible. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that you can't do it like they have to cut it in half. And the pill is like, excuse me, it's so teeny tiny. Like, it's like a speck. I don't know how she expects you to cut it in half. But, anywho. That's neither here nor there. And, you know, I just have not been making great decisions about things <laughs> especially as of lately i have not been making great decisions speaking of not making great decisions and bad habits <laughs> you like that transition let me get into the meat of the thing so yeah um as you guys all recall um my last episode of red flags <sighs> it's one for the books um <laughs> it's about my forever love uh, Mr. O'Neill or whatever and um, yeah I really went into how I ignored some red flags in the situation and I'm still trying to go through that situation because it's really hard when you've loved someone majority of your life and you have attachments with them you have history you have so much with, with the person it's just hard to cut that off and as you guys heard, love like this, um, just how giddy I was and happy I was. Like, it was a, a good relationship, even in my teenage years, even in my adult years. Um, it was good. He was a good person. But, um, you know, I, I just wasn't 100% clear on how I hurt him. And I think that plays, it plays a huge part of why everything transpired the way that it transpired. And, you know, like I shared before, uh, we have a lot of years of being together. I've known him 26 years of my life. 
and first started when I was 15, about to turn 16, and um, then we later met up later on in life, and I just felt like, as you all can see and just know if you've been following me, I'm a hopeless romantic. I love love. I love hard. I'm loyal, but I'm also hard to love (laughs) because I love so hard. But, you know, I just had in my mind of my not being the actual outcome, but I have this thing with Noah and Allie from The Notebook. I just love how Noah loves Allie. But I'm realizing that I'm the Noah (laughs) and not the Allie, you know? So, yeah. And at times I know we can be all up in our head, but I just think that's an awesome love story. Just how they separated, came back. And I just really was like, oh, that's going to happen for me. I want someone like Noah that loves, love, love, love. But I'm realizing I'm the Noah in this situation. But anywho, um, so yeah, so it was just so crazy. I just really thought this was like of God because, you know, it just felt right. It's like, oh, wow. You know, he found me again. I just recorded this podcast episode and it was like, if he find me, it'll be great. And like he did. And, um, but I didn't also share the, the other part of why we kind of like disconnected in 2010. I did share that I was going through a divorce, but I did not share that he ended up getting incarcerated, um, for something that he done was, you know, I don't judge him from it. He's a product of his environment, whatever. And, um, yeah, so he ended up getting arrested. I'm going to prison. And basically, I was going through a divorce. (laughs) And I decided to end things, dramatically end things, and just disappear for like 10 years with no I mean it was an explanation like we talked after the breakup he was trying like really to get back with me and I just was not like feeling it feeling it like you know I wasn't feeling I was just real mad I had a valid reason not to you know try to be with him while he was locked up um it was it was about I don't want to go into details I don't like sharing people business not not that I share my business but you know, but I don't want to share it. It was just a little situation that we had. And I just wanted him to wait. I, like I said, I wanted him to wait for me as I'm trying to gather everything together, processing this divorce. Because as you all know, I've been in a domestic violence relationship. And it was like, I had never had a chance to grieve. And at the time I was in this um, counseling thing at my church. And, you know, they was like, oh, you need to take a break. You know, I just it just was a lot and she recommended that I take a break and I reached out to him and he was like you know it was hurtful because I guess to him he thought I was just trying to leave and that wasn't the case and we just kind of like got into it and I was like no I ain't about to let no never man talk crazy to me (laughs) you know what I'm saying like I just I just dealt seven years in a, a domestic violence and I got married to someone that was um abusing me and I was like I never let nobody especially nobody in prison talk crazy to me like I'm trying to help you I'm trying to be there for you all I asked was give me some time and you know yeah so throughout the years um I def I've just grown in my faith and my relationship with God and I just I wanted to reach out so many times but I really cared about what people said and um so I didn't 
I wanted to apologize because I know when you're in a situation like, like that, regardless if you put yourself there, it's a big transition. And I always still loved him. And I still love him now, even though all this stuff is going on between us or whatever has, has gone on between us. But I wanted to reconcile. I wanted to apologize to him. And, um, you know, I just thought it was a do-over for me when he came home because you know he looked for me because i'm like he can't be too mad if you look for me when you came like why would you look for me when you came home if i hurt you so bad and you know we talked about it and what he went through when i did what i did how when i left him and you know it was hard on him and not to have somebody there for him that he loved like i really hurt him and i and i get it and i know and i apologize to him and you know he said he forgive me and i thought we were going to move on from that and me being who i am (laughs) i go head first into thinking that i can just oh this is it this is my soulmate this is our life this is what we're gonna do we're in this and then like a plane it go crashing down did not turn out to like what I wanted um so basically you know he said he could never hate me or he forgive me but it was a lie I was a lie he was still harboring some feelings and emotional things towards me and um as the saying go hurt people hurt people and that's what I'm dealing with right now a hurt person that I hurt and I just really thought because 10 years had passed but in the in the 10 years of in the 10 years I've been on a uh, a road of healing but he has not um he has went through a lot being incarcerated does a lot to you um as you guys know I love jail stuff I have this thing about prison and all that I just like it (laughs) but anyway um when you're incarcerated you go through a lot you lose a lot of friends you lose your loved ones you lose family people not there for you and etc etc and sometimes you have someone ride or die for you and you come home and you trip because I watch a lot of love and lock up after lock up and (laughs) they be having people ride for them and they come home and act a whole fool and with me knowing that you would think I would uh been more cautious but I wasn't I just was like oh no you know he loved me he's always looked for me he's always did this and I just you know yeah it just was not what I envisioned but you know that's what happened when you don't listen like I have to realize that all this time that I've been saving myself and you know doing what I'm doing for God I did not ask him I was going to ask him (laughs) like I was like okay you know what let me be prayerful about this whole O'Neill situation because you know if you've been following my journey I've just been talking about me closing the doors on toxic attachments and I just want to know was this another one and then it's just like bam here he goes he looks for me and um I just felt like, okay, well, if he's looking for me, I don't have to seek God because this is God, you know, knowing what I want. And, um, 
yeah, a lot of my friends, I love y'all. I got like the best friends ever. I got the one that's willing to go with me and bust out some windows. And I got the ones that's willing to pray for me. Um, I love how they they did not say I told you so, but they said I told you so, but yet was being there for me. <laughs> um, I love how even though I feel like I am being a dumb joint right now, they still was like, well, you know, it's nothing wrong with wanting love. And I mean, like, this is my friends from all walks of life. That all of them, you know, are believers and stuff. And they all said the same thing. Like, it's nothing wrong with wanting that. And, you know, it isn't. It's nothing wrong with wanting to be loved and wanting to love someone. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's all about who you choose. I just didn't choose wisely. And, um, yeah. I should never, like, the man, I mean, he's been home. I'm not going to make it seem like he just got home, like, when we first started talking. He had been home. And it's a lot to transition from being in an institution to being free. And you're used to having your own, and you're living with your family, and, like, it's a lot. So, him trying to maneuver me, trying to be a man, trying to do this, this, and that, and... I mean, this is this is a conversation we've had, you know. It's a lot, and I didn't take none of that into consideration. But I was like, oh, I'm gonna love him. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna just be available. I'm emotionally available. I'm this and that. And I'm like, all of that that I did, it has not worked. And I should know that because <laughs> all the relationships that I've had, it did not work. I don't care how much I showed them I loved them, or how much I did for them, or whatever. It did not work. It did not bring them around. It did not change the situation. And I did that again. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Okay? And, um, yeah. I am definitely heartbroken by it. This is 26 years of loving someone. And, you know, foolish me. (laughs) Silly me. I don't know what else to say. I love love. I'd rather to have love than not have love at all. And I'll say that um, it's definitely a hard transition. I'm speaking on it because after today, I don't want to talk about it no more. Um, I'm learning to just move on from the situation. It is what it is. I definitely (laughs) suffered a huge loss and I, I took a huge L like a huge L and um I learned my lesson <laughs> I'm just grateful that it was just a couple of months and not years before I learned my lesson because that's what normally is and um now I see why when I was in my group uh therapy for grief how they are really big on not dating and being emotionally involved with someone while you're grieving because you're very vulnerable i am very vulnerable i'm grieving i'm dealing with an illness um i'm going through a lot and things that i would normally be like oh heck no i was overlooking it was like a lot of they're not like really big red flags but it's just certain stuff that you expect from people that he just was not doing and I'm just like, I wasn't used to that. And I had a conversation with him, like, you know, we've talked about it and what's going on. But um, 
it is what it is. And um, one day I would love to be able to be his friend and we could talk about this and laugh. And because, I mean, there's no need for me to hate him or nothing like that. He only doing what he know to do. I'm, I'm the one who knew better. I know better. And I'm not just saying that, you know, trying to take the blame off of him because he's grown and he know what he's doing too. But I definitely knew because I opened that door and I allowed him to come in. And by me doing that, that transpired. And also in my journey too, um, God has been revealing to me about me paying so much attention to the speck in someone else's eye and the wood plank that I have in my own. Um, I've had friends, you know, dealing with what I just, what I'm dealing with right now with being in relationships, ignoring red flags. And, you know, I'm like, oh, you know better. You this, this and that. Oh, you sis, you supposed to do this, this and that. And as soon as it was me, everything would slam out the window. All of that, uh, what I'm supposed to do, praying, trusting God for this, all of that would do out the window. Why? Because I'm controlling and I'm impatient. <laughs> and those are things that I struggle with. And I'm, and you know, I did not realize that to now. Like, I'm so busy worrying about what she doing and she doing and why she ain't doing what she supposed to do when I'm over here struggling too. But mine hasn't been revealed yet because I ain't had the situation to happen to me. So, yeah. So God is just rebuking me. <laughs> He's showing me me and all that stuff. So, I'm definitely learning. And like I said, this is not a good, does not feel good at all. Because it's nothing like loving somebody and not getting it back. You always want to get back what you put out and right now I'm just not getting it and I have to live with that I have to live with my decision that I've made I have to live with my, the consequences that come with the decisions that I've made dealing with this person like I have to accept all of that I have to accept not being there for him all of that like all of that even though the situation I didn't put him there because I know if it was that situation wouldn't happen it probably would have been easier for me to transition from being divorced and going through what I was going through because I would have been in something healthy but it would not have been healthy because what he was doing in the streets (laughs) so it's like I don't know I guess I dodged a bullet not I guess but you know I just feel kind of bad because that's not what I envisioned and I think that's what is more disappointing than anything. It's not what I envisioned. It's not what I, I I had planned for myself. But I know God knows what's best for me. And even though right now I'm in a place of hurt, um, he still knows what's best for me. And I will get through this. And, you know, I don't want to go back to being nothing more than a friend to him. I don't want to be his woman like I'm just in that place I love him to pieces I wish him the best I hope that everything that he's his heart desire that is good he gets that I wish that you know he find a woman that's gonna love him even though me saying that hurts me to say that but you know I have to accept that I am not the one for him and he is not the one for me and I have to accept that and it's going to be a process and it's going to be a while and it's going to be something to, to go through because I've been loving this person since 1995. <laughs> so 
it's not gonna be easy but you know it has to be done and this is the final chapter of my life where I have to close the book on this situation and right now this is um definitely put me in writing mode I noticed the more I go through the better writer I am (laughs) yeah y'all didn't know that about me I'm a writer I write plays I write poetry write short movies and um just what I'm going through the most I tend to write more and be in my bag and I know what I the short movie that I'm working on is about to be fire for real (laughs) but um yeah I'm still hopeful I'm still deserving of love I'm still deserving of things good I don't want you all think I've given up hope because I have not I've been through way worse like than this situation way worse this is just you know it's just something that's happening now I just I really never thought in my 40s that I would be taking the L like I'm taking now as far as relationships because I feel like I know better but take it from me ladies it's not worth it (laughs) it's not worth it don't ignore the red flags not at all don't do it Don't date while you're grieving. Do the work. Get the therapy. Learn to grieve well. Get to a place of healing so you can make wiser decisions and not make bad ones. And, um, yeah, work on your bad habits. And I'm thinking about getting me a relationship coach because I am ready to date. I just need help with processing and I need help with making right decisions and I need help in that area. And I'm, you know... I'm open enough to speak about it and let it be known that I need help with dating and I need to be coached. So I'm looking into relationship coach to help me with dating, navigating this dating life. So yeah, that's my TED talk. (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see you again all. I will be, yeah, next week. (laughs) Check me out. Bye. I'd...
Don't mean 